0: Good morning, good morning. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to take them and turn with me to the book of Philippians, no surprise there, chapter 4, and we will pause not just on one verse, verse 8, but actually this morning we will continue on in our series within a series and pause on one word. Welcome, welcome. It is great to see every single one of you here this morning. Thank you, Scott, the rest, for leading us. We could sing of God's love. I could sing on that subject forever and ever. And do you know what? If you know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then you will literally sing forever and ever and ever and ever in worship to God for his great love. For us the first thing I want to do this morning just read Philippians chapter 4 I'll read all of verse 8 just in context we'll pray and we will dive into this subject this morning Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think, think, think about these things. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, we come into your presence and we, together, ask that you would speak to us this morning. We are in need of a word from you. Father, I thank you that we can focus all of our attention, we can take the noise and distraction of the past week, and and Lord, take the noise and distraction of the week to come and just, just rest in you and on you. Lord, I plead that you will guide my mind and my mouth, that everything that is said and done this morning would bring honor and glory to you Into the name of Jesus. I plead for your help, and I plead, Lord, that in a unique and a wonderful and a supernatural way that your spirit would open up the eyes of people here this morning to see you and open up their ears people here this morning to hear you and you alone we ask this in strong and powerful and wonderful matchless name of our savior the messiah jesus amen and amen nowhere do we ever read in all of the word of god that we are to do this this christian life thing alone or isolate it we are to do it Together. God has designed it in, in such a way that there is incredible, there is much beauty and blessing in caring for, in serving, and ministering to one another. Just this week, I don't know if you know it or not, but just this week in the life of Bigwoods Bible Church on Monday, many people gathered here to serve dinner to the track and field team from Central Mountain. Just, just to say we love you and here you go. We, we want to show our love for you. On Tuesday, people gathered here again at church to make meals and send them over to the, to the cast and the crew of the drama production that's going on at the high school. Yesterday, many, many people gathered here to, to greet ones from our community. And to serve them and to, to offer them lunch and make them coffee at our baseball and softball hitting clinic. Hear Joe's testimony. All week long, the entire, every day of this week as a family, personally, we have been greatly encouraged. With many phone calls and many, many cards that arrived in the mail and texts. Comforting our own family in the sudden home going of Wendy's dad, Grandpa Henderson. You realize just this past week that others in our body lost loved ones. Dave Muthler's dad went home to be with the Lord. Dave Gubber's little brother, Danny, passed away realize that there's a, a constant, there's a continual ministering and caring for one another. And it's not always really that, that exciting. It's certainly not that easy. It's not really like this whole church thing isn't really what you see in the movies. It's just, it's just committing to come alongside one another. While we were away, we heard, as many of you did, of, of Norm Hale's accident falling some 25 feet, being airlifted to, to the hospital. And, and at one particular point, he was recovering from surgery. He was intubated with a breathing tube. He's kind of coming in and out of consciousness. He's unable to speak Pastor Aaron went to visit him. And and it was very apparent that Norm, in in a moment of consciousness, wanted to to write something. He wasn't able to speak, but he could write something. And I'd heard about this. I could just envision. I could just envision this scene. I I know it. I see what's going on here. Young Pastor Aaron kind of leaning in as this seasoned missionary this older wiser man obviously is going to offer some sage-like counsel to him keep on be strong hold on to the truth as Norm took what the pen and he wrote he wrote this I itch that's what is that that's just that's just living life together. That's just local church stuff. That's just being there. There is no like fog machine here, okay? There's no lights, there's no background music. It's just spending time with one another and loving and caring for and scratching one another when needed. That's exactly what we are called to do. And let me assure you that that we we cannot and we will not do this perfectly because we are not perfect. I tell you what we will do when we will work hard is that we can and we need to focus constantly on the perfect one. In everything that we do. That is why we give attention. And we will sacrifice and give time to to his word. To this word that leads us to the perfect one. We've been in this, literally, we've been in this book. This isn't a real big book if you picked up on it. We've been in the book of Philippians now for months. Real joy for real life. Chapter One, we look at the source of joy. Chapter two, we look at the evidence of joy. Chapter three, we look at the idea of spiritual maturity. Chapter four, we've been talking about spiritual stability. And there's this idea, it says, What? Stand firm in the Lord, agree in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord. Everything, everything is about being in the Lord. What does that mean? It means to abide constantly. To have a settled and full understanding of what the Lord Jesus Christ has accomplished for every single one. On the cross and in the tomb. There is much capability when one is in the Lord. So what we've done is we've actually taken a series within a series and unpacked this idea. We're supposed to think hard. This is not a quick fleeting, floating thought briefly but this literally means when we think it means to deeply consider to evaluate to ponder to contemplate to meditate on that which is true first and foremost it's not his truth and her truth and your truth and my truth it's the truth what the word of god tells us is true pastor josh focused on the word honorable Reminding us that God desires for us to be honorable vessels that are set apart, that are fit for His use. Pastor Aaron last week focused on the word just. Reminded us that we are to align our thoughts, to adjust our thinking to the standard that God has set for us. Not that man has set or established for us. And today we pause literally on one short word. Whatever is... Pure. The word is hagnos in Greek. It literally means whatever is clean, whatever is unmixed from impurities, whatever is holy. And contemplate it, think hard on those things. Now, if we were to take a quick look and a survey around us in our world today, what every one of us has a phone. It just seems to constantly be buzzing. It just, it just vi- we just put it down and it vibrates and it lights up and grabs our attention. We live in a world where there is a thousand plus TV channels, 10,000 pop-up ads that are constantly trying to sell you something, to convince you to buy this and see this and feel this and listen to this and, 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 and taste this. It's just, it's a total waterfall over us it's a constant flood we are soaked with messages and images and advertisements and information and noise and distracting us I don't want to be—I don't want to be, wanna be the, the the grumpy old man. But I tell you what: a lot of what is grabbing our attention has absolutely no eternal value. Most of what's trying to grab your attention has no eternal significance. It is not holy. I am sick. I do not want to be offered one more advertisement of another diet pill to trim unwanted fat. This isn't going to get any better. Not going to look like Zac Efron. I I have no one to impress. I have the most beautiful woman in the world. That's all that matters. So how do we do this? how do we live in this world it says what we are to be holy god says as i am holy how do we take this this flood that's soaking us how do we do this how do we think about that which is pure two ideas i want to give you this morning the first one very simply is this rethink how you think That's what we have to really do this morning. I know that's brilliant sounding, but it's true. We have to rethink how you think. The apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12. In verse 2 he says that we are not to be conformed. The word literally means, it, it means don't cling to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By renewing the way that you think. I think think it's pretty safe to say this morning, unless you are a neurosurgeon that is here this morning, and we may have one, I have no idea. I don't think we do. Not taking anything away from you guys. But unless unless you're someone who really studies, I I don't think most people are aware of the capability of the brain. They're not aware of the way that we actually think. Realize that your brain is an incredibly complex central organ to the entire nervous system that has been designed by an infinite creator to literally reflect the glory of himself. And we must, we must guard this mind carefully. Dr. Paul Reber, professor of psychology at Northwestern University writes in Scientific American, responds to this question, what is the memory capacity of the human brain for every single one of us here this morning? He writes, although there, 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 must, there must be a physical limit to how many memories we can store, it is extremely large. We, we don't have to worry about running out of space in our lifetime the human brain consists of about 1 billion neurons each neuron forms about 1000 connections to other neurons amounting to more than a trillion connections if each neuron could only help could only help store a single memory running out of space would be a problem you might only have a few gigabytes of storage space similar to the space uh, of an of an iPod an iPad or a USB flash drive yet neurons combine so that each one helps with many memories at a time increasing the brain's memory storage capacity to something closer to around 2.5 petabytes or a million gigabytes for comparison if your brain worked like a DVR in a TV petabytes would be enough to hold 3 million hours of TV shows. You would have to leave the TV running continuously for more than 300 years to use up all of that storage. The brain's exact storage capacity for memories is difficult to calculate. I think you would agree that our... Brains designed by an infinite creator certainly reflect His glory. So what we have senses, we have five senses of seeing, hearing, tasting, touching and smelling that are capable of processing millions and millions of images and ideas and information with an onslaught of, of noises and distractions and temptations that exist around us. What happens is that people very wrongly believe that the images that are flooding your direction have very little impact upon you. Or worse yet, some people think like, you know, it's not the best image, but I can take a peek at this little one just for a moment. But it doesn't work like that. It's forever in your mind. Be assured, it is very hard to delete, to not think about, to erase bad files from our brain's hard drive. Which means what? The the thought of the, the tiniest impure idea can lead us, one glimpse can lead us to sin. Wendy and I were sitting on the porch last week in Florida. We were having coffee together in warm sunshine when a snake about four feet long slithered in front of us across the driveway. Wendy absolutely hates snakes. So she screamed and she jumped. And so I did what I'm supposed to do. I screamed and jumped too. (laughs) Thankfully, grandma took the broom. I did give her the broom, okay? (laughs) Grandma took the broom and Chase the snake away. So just for a moment, okay? Hold this idea. I don't want you to think, just for a moment, don't think about snakes. Don't think about shiny, black, slithering serpents making its way towards you uh, through the grass or or the dust or the dirt. Don't think about what? Genesis 3. I'll put enmity between you and Wendy. Don't think about that. And I I repeat, don't anyone right here now think about... Some slimy snake that comes and works its way out of your bathtub, drain, slithering what? In between the covers of your bed. You heard me? I don't want anyone to think about that right now. Have I kept you from thinking about snakes? As a matter of fact, I probably have actually even encouraged you. I don't think two minutes ago any of you were thinking about snakes. And it's hard, you hear that. It's hard. What's that over there? Oh. It's hard to delete that. It's hard to get rid of this idea that has just been placed in our mind. And, and Paul writes this. Paul writes to the church at Galatia that a little leaven. Leaven throughout scripture is, is always an image or a picture or a symbol of sin. Just a little sin, a little leaven, leavens the whole lump. James chapter 1 says this. But each person is tempted. When he is lured and enticed. By his own desire. The King James says his own lust. And we know. We have actually experience. In this. That lust. That desire when it has conceived. Gives birth to sin. And sin when it is fully grown. Brings forth death. You see your minds and my mind they're not empty void vacuums okay it's not like you may get tired but it's not like um i I love i love um the far side this will date me a little bit Uh, people my generation know gary larson in the far side and remember the the students in school and the one student with like the little little tiny head and he's got his hands up mr mr osborne can i be excused please because my brain is full Okay? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Your, your brain, my brain, it's never really full. We may get tired, exhausted, and we rest, but we have the capacity, what, to, to have images that we have seen literally embedded into our minds for years. And yet Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where an entire church struggling, certainly, with the idea of letting impurity work and worm its way into the body. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. And for every single one of us, the Holy Spirit reminds us that we are to take every thought captive. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. It means that we are to, in some way, we're to capture the thousand images... That have been embedded into our mind. To control them. To discipline them in such a way that God is ultimately glorified. So I was writing my notes. I came up with this question. Great. How do we do that? So, so we're to, to rethink how you think. Okay. A kind of. Like it. there's a lot in there. We rethink. What do we do? How do we do this? Number two. Write this down. Remember this. Refocus. What you are focusing on. You need to refocus. What you focus on. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 119. How can a young man. Keep his way pure. How can a young man keep his way pure. How can a young woman keep her way pure. And the psalmist says this. By guarding it. According to your word what happens and it will happen when impure thoughts come into our minds when when images flash before our eyes even for a second influences come into our life we're to literally replace them with the truth the full weight of the good news that exists in the gospel of jesus christ and what happens is the world has, has sold you a lie that a lot of people are buying today that think what? Anything that is pure, any, any pure type of thinking is like no fun. Purity equals zero fun. That is a huge, huge lie. Jesus Christ himself says in Luke chapter 11, verse 28, blessed, the word makarios in Greek, it literally means happy are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Our book of the month, we've been, we've been reading together the purity principle by Randy Alcorn. He says this, and I, and I quote, when God calls you to pursue purity, you are being called to do what will bring you the greatest joy in life. The greatest joy. Joy, I want that! You see, purity and impurity cut to the very deepest core of who we are. The core of our soul. Scripture repeatedly and is emphatically clear when it comes particularly to the beauty and the purity of sex. In the context that God has designed between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, only, only to be enjoyed and celebrated within the context of a marriage commitment, only. Proverbs, we, we don't have the time to read all of it. Proverbs chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. Proverbs chapter 5, verses 20 through 23. Proverbs chapter 6, 27, 28, and 29. All speak about the beauty that comes from the purity that can be enjoyed. But the fact that it says that a, a husband can be captivated by his wife's love. And enjoy her Forever. Or the flip side, in Proverbs chapter 6, what says, if one chooses to live in impurity and, and sinful desires, in adultery, enjoying what God has gifted to you outside the context of marriage, it literally leads to captivity and ultimately death. Think about that. Purity equals freedom. Impurity equals bondage. The choice is yours. Now, To me, I I would think that's really not that difficult of a choice. Purity is freedom, is joy. I want that. Impurity leads to captivity and, and, and bondage and ultimately death. God's Word is very clear that says that what? You may try to hide a particular sin from someone else that you know that you don't want to see in the depths of your heart and soul. It says in God's word that everything is laid bare before Him; He sees it all. It, it, it used to be what simply what just just a magazine that was hidden in a closet somewhere. Today, it's far far more sophisticated than that. And there are all kinds of ways, what? With passwords and, 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 and hidden files and, and fake apps for, for people to hide things that others can't find. You are, not, you are not hiding anything from God. He sees it all. And he knows it all. And purity leads to freedom. Impurity leads to captivity. It's in, in a sense, it seems like one is, is a really smart person choice and one is really a stupid choice but yet at this moment at at some level you are choosing what you are putting in front of your eyes and allowing what my dad called them the the eye gates or the ear gates of our minds First Thessalonians chapter 4 says this, this this is the will of God this is what God desires for you For me, this is the will of God. Your sanctification. You're being set apart to holiness with purpose. This is the will of God. Your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality. That each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. That's God's will for us, and yet we live in a world uh, that, what? A society that has so elevated self. Where, what? if, if If you want to do this, then go ahead. No one can tell you what to do. That is so wrong. Live in a society that is literally, it has glorified lust. It has objectified. The body that God has gifted to us to be used for his glory. God, had, God has given to us the beauty of marriage relationship and people have twisted it and distorted it and turned it into something that, is, that in, in many levels is just, that's just old fashioned, that's just, that's just a waste. No, no, God is very clear. It has happened as a result as there has been a constant, constant flood of lies from the enemy. If it feels good, just go ahead and, and, and do it. It has been perpetuated by a flood of, of, of promiscuity, a flood of pornography that exists in our own world that has caused untold damage to marriages and homes and f- families all over the place. Realize that today the average American spends about 24 hours a week in front of your your phone or your computer, your, your laptop, your iPad, 24 hours a week on the internet on average. 24 hours a week. You realize as well that, that depending on what statistics, that anywhere from 20 to 30% of every single search that goes in for someone looking for something on the internet is connected to pornography. Impurities. People are looking to put something in front of them that God has clearly said, you are not to be giving attention to. You are not to think about Again, depending on what statistics, anywhere from age 11 to age 13, kids, 11-year-old kids are introduced to pornography for the very first time. That we live in a society today where 87% of college-age men, 87%, that's almost 9 out of 10 young men have looked at pornography literally within the last month. And this is not only a problem that guys today are dealing with. Over 30% of college-age women, according to Barnett Research, are looking for and searching for things that are impure. 55% of married men, gentlemen, that's more than, more than one out of two men that are sitting in this room right now, have viewed pornography Within the last month. Something that is impure. That God has said. You are not to give attention to. You are not to give thought to. 70% of single men. You you realize here that. That. This is the world that we live in. It is, it is virtually impossible to dig a hole deep enough and just put our head in and just, what, just, just isolate ourselves. It's impossible to do that. We can't build a fence high enough to guard ourselves. That's, that's separatism and that's legalism. That's wrong. We can't just, what, let the world go to hell and we just try to keep ourselves isolated. That's not what God has called us to do. God in his word has called every single one of us to have impact and live for influence in this world. Jesus himself preaches what? That you are salt that seasons, that brings out the best. You are light that brightens the darkness of this world. Jesus Christ not only preaches, but he prays in the high priestly prayer in John chapter 17 twice. He says, you are not of this world. You are not of this world. Yes, you are in this world, but you're not of this world. That's hard, isn't it? To be be in, but not of. That's hard. Martin Luther, the great reformer, says you you, you, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head. But you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. That's what I did. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't want I don't want bondage. I, I I don't want to be held captive. And I stand before you what a sinner who has struggled in areas, what, where where this is this is intriguing and enticing to me. And I've failed in the past in, in these areas and felt the guilt and the bondage. I don't, I don't want that. As a young man, I'm like any, I'm not young anymore. As a man, I'm no different than any other man. I dearly hold and respect um, our eldest elder Art Gray up as an example, and I remember, and I've shared with you before. I said, Art, I look to you as an older man, he's older than I am, he's got, he's got a few years on me. I said, Art, does, does, it ever, does it ever get easier? The temptations, does it ever get easier? Remember, he said, yeah, it, it does. I'm like, praise God, Art, When when does it get easier? He says, when you're dead, it's gonna be easier. That's wisdom. Sage-like counsel right there. So how do we do this? We know that out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murders, adultery, sexual immorality. We know that Jesus Christ himself said what you have heard that it said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, anyone who even looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his hearts. That's the world. God has raised the bar that we have to be careful with what we're We're allowing into our minds what we're thinking about. Four things very, very quickly in closing. I'm going to give to you by way of application. Number one, you've got to take responsibility. Number one, take responsibility and own your own sin. You're not a victim and you can't blame your decisions on someone else. You have to what? Acknowledge that every single one of us fall short of the glory of God. Don't point to. No, no, no. You're the one who took the look. And you're the one who stayed fixed on that look. Number one, take responsibility. Number two, confess and repent your sin. Yeah, but I don't want anyone to know. And if someone knows and I'm I'm a respected person in the community and if someone saw, no, no, no. God already sees it. God already knows it. David says it like this in Psalm 51. What? The sacrifices of God, what God really wants from us, are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. And so there's a place. And my prayer as I've been praying for this one particular word that we've been praying on is that even today, even this morning, men or women that are here today that are struggling in any way, of what? Of allowing impure things to be resting and thinking in your mind. That you would confess that. Confess that first before the Lord and also go to someone else. And say, I need to let you know. And repent, which means turn from your sinful ways. Which leads us to number three. What you have got to do. What you have got to do is change patterns of behavior. You've got to do this. If you are addicted to donuts, you can't go to the donut shop to buy coffee. Okay? If you are addicted to donuts, you can't be reading like like fresh baked donut magazines. You can't be doing that. If you're addicted to donuts, you have to find another route to go to the office around the donut shop. You gotta change your patterns. A behavior leads us to our fourth and final part. You're not going to do this on your own. It is what? Establish accountability. Let other people into your life. Establish accountability. Back to where we started this morning. That God has not called us to journey alone. Ever. Anywhere in scripture. Which means that we are to go to others. Men, find other men. They talk about the fact that, that 99% of men at some point have struggled with this in their life. And the other 1% are lying. Men, find other men. Women, find other women. Thursday evening, I invite you here for recovery ministry. People can can What? They can allow others to come into their lives. It literally says what in Ecclesiastes, woe to the one who is alone. Woe to the one who is alone when he falls. He has no one else to help him up. So you're not fooling. You're certainly not fooling the Lord. That today as we pause on this one word, whatever is pure brings freedom. Brings joy blessing. Think on those things. You realize that the Lord Jesus Christ saw you and sees you at this very moment, the very depth of your soul. And regardless of what you have ever done, regardless whatever you have looked at, some of you as recently of yesterday, regardless of any sin that any one of us ever committed, the Lord Jesus Christ saw that sin when he suffered on your behalf and took the full weight of his father's wrath on the cross and died, shedding his blood to pay for your and my grossness in sin. That is love. That is love. And I invite you this morning to accept the love and forgiveness that the Lord Jesus Christ has offered you. Acknowledge the fact that we are all sinners and that we are in desperate need of a Savior. We cannot be in relationship with the Holy God as sinful men apart from the work of the Lord Jesus Christ that draws us into loving relationship. That today is the day we follow the Lord in full obedience. There's going to be people up front here as, as we're singing. If you want to pray with someone, you want to talk with someone, I'm going to ask that Craig and Kimber will be up front over here and they can meet you, talk with them. Do not leave this morning without doing the business that God wants you to do. We'll have people up front here. Make sure that you come up and make sure that you listen with the Holy Spirit's talking to you, teaching you, and telling you about this morning. Pray, Father, we love you and we thank you for this reminder of how we are to live. God, we plead that we need your help to give clarity of thoughts and mind and speech in every area and every way. We confess, Lord, the areas that we fall short and we ask, Lord, that we would, we would um, open our lives and hearts before you who already see us and know us. That we would confess and repent and that we would live lives thinking about that which is... Holy, that which is pure. God, you know, we can't do it our own strength. We can do it in, only in your strength. We ask that you would work in our hearts. We ask this in the powerful, wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen.